0: Welcome back to the show that encourages you the most. I'm your host for Legacy, Kinsley Jordan, your winning coach, encouraging you this week to crush your goals, ignite your dreams, and forge a legacy in your life. And I couldn't be happier to invite back for the second week in a row, Billy Flynn, experimental test pilot for the F-35 program. Uh, Just recently retired from Lockheed Martin, previously F-18 pilot, flew F-16s. Billy, welcome back once again for a second hard-hitting week, talking your experiences, uh, not only as a fighter pilot, couldn't be happier to have you uh, here with us. And as we're picking up this week, you know, last week we ended talking about the F-35 and kind of the overall uh, program of what that F-35 of the Joint Strike Fighter is. But I want you to dive right back into where we left off of talking about the importance of what that team aspect was with the F-35 and kind of that, that not a transition, but what that was to step into that program and realize um, the importance of what you were doing. Because you, you called it kind of the graduation ceremony of your career. So as you found yourself stepping into that program, was there any intimidation in, into stepping into that and realizing, man, you know, we're testing and, and building this thing. Um, I hope I don't screw up. <laughs>
1: yeah. First of all, thanks for having me back again. Um, cause this is fun. Was there intimidation? Well, there's a whole big sense of, Hey, if you screw up, everybody's watching. Yeah. And the biggest yeah. program in, in history. every day, every time we landed, uh, messages were going back to Washington D.C. to the program offices, talking about what had happened, and so yeah. And oh, by the way, there were um, cameras and chase airplanes with photo ch- with photo chase, and everything's recorded on data. So if you screw up, the whole world's going to know it in a heartbeat. So yeah. yes, there there is that sense of it. <laughs> um, I, I think for so for someone like me who had done this a long time, the experience counts. And we've been through big programs before or different programs and that yeah. the variety of our background were, was part of being a big contributor to the end goal. We certainly made everyone else of our cadre of pilots and engineers be better than they would have been in any other program mm-hmm. because the guy sitting next to you has studied all you know the day before, been up early, been in simulators. You've been up in simulators, getting ready to go. Everyone's making each other better and everyone's learning from each other's mistakes because especially in F35 early on one bad day one accident could have crushed the program and brought it to a screaming halt and luckily for us we went through the biggest test program in history and never lost a jet a remarkable um, remarkable uh, track record wow and in spite of all the misinformation press everyone read that wasn't the reality of what we lived as test pilots and engineers developing the airplane as we stepped through what was a monstrously hard program without ever hurting anyone or hurting a jet. so you you bring your game and you feed off each other making each other better there is no incrimination there is no pointing fingers it's learn the lesson is you learn from everyone else and you don't make the same mistake twice. And there's yeah. going to be lots of dangers out there. Being a test pilot, really, the secret is to test an airplane and bring it just to the edge of the cliff, but not to go over because over the other side of that cliff is is some catastrophic event. So you have to rush to the edge, but not go screaming past that edge. And that takes discipline that takes learning from everyone else that takes sixth sense of of realizing that danger is close. And every flight or many flights we're right on the edge of what the capabilities of the jet would be. And boy, that takes an A game from everyone every single time. So you feed on that positive energy from your peers, from your team.
0: Yeah. So when you talk about being a, a test pilot, it just even to get a little bit in the weeds, because there's a lot of people like, I have no idea what a test pilot does besides testing. <laughs> besides testing the reality of what the aircraft is capable of. But But what that actually means is that is, you know, we live in a world where technology has grown. You know, we have Moore's Law with technology is replacing itself every 18 months, if not sooner. And there's, you know, being a test pilot now is drastically different than what it was being 50 years ago because now you have a lot of models that are able to give you within a certain, within a margin of error, a probability of what is going to, what you can expect. But the reality is when you are in the aircraft, there you're the one experiencing it. So when you're, whether it was doing maneuvers or whether it was pushing it to the limit or you know sprinting up to the edge of the cliff, what is it like to be sitting there saying nobody knows what's going to happen because it hasn't been done in the aircraft yet and I'm the guy doing that right now? How do you prepare yourself for that? How do you get yourself to a moment and say, okay, hey,
1: here it goes? We're not like, um, yeah, it's not like fifty years ago or sixty years ago, and in history will tell you that. um, that they were killing guys at Edwards Air Force Base or in airplanes almost one a month back many, many decades ago. And we've got smarter over the years. You've talked about simulators being more sophisticated. Our computing power is through the roof. Um, We understand as best we can the environment we're going to face. We mitigate, we reduce the risks as much as possible. But you know, an F-35 prototype, first couple of them cost $250 million. They're one off. (laughs) And, and an airplane company mortgages its future on the success of an airplane program. Wow. One bad accident can cost you the entire company. If you can't get past that point, a test pilot's job is to evaluate the airplane and communicate what he or she sees to everyone that is trying to build the airplane and make it better. So it's not just, and it's certainly not about how good we are as pilots. It's how we can adapt and assess the airplane. And then how can we communicate and explain to everyone what worked, what didn't work, so that we can fix it and move forward and continue in the development. There's flying skills involved. Look, uh, we are put in, we are given the keys, right? Mm -hmm. The keys to the ignition one-off, one-of-a-kind prototype airplanes. And we're allowed to do things that no other human has done before. But with that is an enormous amount of responsibility and discipline never to abuse that privilege. Yeah. And to realize our job and bring that one-of-a-kind airplane home. So it's, it's flying skills, but it's really communication and engineering, uh, uh, under, trying to understand what you see and communicate to everyone to help them understand no matter how good those simulations are it isn't perfect yeah. and you'll we're we're a long long time from getting away from putting a human in the jet to go fly in god's wind tunnel you can simulate it you can animate all you want but you actually have to go out there and take the jet to that environment and find out where your predictions right or not and that takes a test pilot
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a uh, you, you know when you talk about the the being being the ability to be able to communicate go out and and talk to people and share what's taken place and what's happened um you know in, in the pilot community overall uh, specifically in military flying i wouldn't say we pride ourselves in it in our ability to be able to recreate and and talk about what's happened but there's a really an important uh a, principle in that is that, you know, the lessons we have learned can go to help not only transform what we do in the future, like I kind of mentioned last podcast uh, or the last episode on, on don't not align the baggage from the past to dictate the actions of the future. You know, every day is a new day. Every opportunity is a new opportunity. But when you look at that, honestly, let's just get real for a second. How do you, how do you allow in your experiences, how do you allow, prevent the baggage from the past when something you know whether it was a mistake in the aircraft whether it was something potentially went dire uh, direly wrong or could have gone catastrophically wrong how do you pull yourself into a mental state of saying you know what i understand what happened (laughs) last sortie i understand what happened yesterday i understand what's happened in the last six months but mentally i'm not going to allow myself to get to that place where where that is going to disrupt my focus moving forward because whether you are a pilot or whether you're an accountant or you're in business or banking or, or a startup company, or maybe you're going back to school or maybe you want to go to school for the first time in your life, there are always going to be opportunities. And I'll, and I'll just let us, our, our subscribers and listeners know, there's always going to be an opportunity to allow something to stop you from moving forward. There will never be a time in your life where where everything is just perfect and it's moving forward and it happens that way. There's always going to be a reason uh, why something could stop you. But the real trick is is making the determination of not letting it stop you in your tracks. But it takes programming. It takes a moment in your life where you realize, I'm not going to allow that to stop me. So in your experience, whether it was a dire situation in the aircraft, w- whether it was uh, something that took place, is there, what have you done? Or w- was there a process you walked yourself through to mentally make that shift, that that was yesterday, this is today, I'm focused in on what I have to focus on on today. Because if you're doing this every day, day in, day out, mission set, uh, it's not that you're going to forget what happened, right? It's not like that, that's going to go away. It's still going to be in your mind. But how do you prevent that from ruining today and ruining that moment today? Because I'm sure there's moments where you step into it and maybe there's a little bit of fear. Maybe there's a little bit of anxiety. I hand it off to you. There's a lot there.
1: Well, there, there, there is. And I, I will tell you that, um, I, I will tell you that it, it takes, uh, a, a system for how you conduct yourself day to day to manage this every single time. Look, um, in the last, it's been a month since I stopped flying. I'm not getting up at five o'clock in the morning, getting on my bike. Riding 20 miles to get my head straight, to clear the bugs out, to get my head ready for what, we're gonna, what I'm going to do the next day, which had been part of my routine for so many years. I, I don't care if you run in the morning. I don't care if you do yoga or if you meditate or if you go ride a bike or you work out. For me, at least, uh, I had to clear out everything else because yeah. every day is a performance. And it, that performance is an hour long or it's five hours long flying in an F-35 where there is absolutely no break in any part of the sequencing. Uh, the only break you have is to going back to the air refueling tanker, which is probe and drogue like the Air Force or sorry, the Navy and the Marine Corps yeah. refuel, which is harder than we we're doing previously. Yeah. When you do that sequence for five hours, uh, it's exhausting and, and you had to steal your mind. How do you get rid of the baggage from yesterday? I, I'm not sure everyone's secrets, but you better figure out a way yeah because it's not every day starts as a like, yeah we all had a bad day or bad things happen the next day you figure out what what went wrong you're part of what went wrong convince yourself and everyone else that you've learned from it and you move forward and let me come back to how you started talking about uh, you know test testing fifty years ago uh, i'm a Past president and a fellow of the Society of Experimental Test Pilots started essentially 60 years ago. Uh, test pilots, when accidents were happening one, one a month or, or more often, a bunch of test pilots got together in California and they started this organization. It has since grown to 2,500 test pilots around the world, wow. and we get together and talk about the lessons. We've learned from our Boeing programs, our Lockheed programs, our Eurofighter programs, our helicopter programs. And the unfortunate lesson that we've all learned after almost 60 years is there are no new lessons to be learned. We may not have learned from the past, but there's nothing new as a test pilot that you're going to encounter that hasn't been seen in the generations before. Wow. Guess what? Bad things are going to happen. And and you have to be ready for that. And when they happen, you better sort it out and leave that baggage for the next day because you cannot take it with you in the cockpit. There's only so much room. And bringing a second you of anxiety and doubt yeah. and misunderstanding, there's no room in the co- in the single seat cockpit for two of you in there. <laughs> that baggage. I'm with you when you get to go flying. So yeah. back to how I started. You can ride your bike. You can go. You can go work out. You can do meditation. You can do yoga. I don't care, but something better clear out your mind. Yeah. So you're ready for that performance because the badness is out there and the cliff is out there and the things that will try to kill you are everywhere in this world. Those dangers are out there. Yeah. You can't allow your base not to be ready for that performance. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's
0: it, it, when you were talking about the, those moments of clearing out, those moments, do you have a do you have a moment or a flight that you can remember, whether it was in the test program, whether it was in when you were flying 16s or 18s or squadron commander deployed? What was the most What was the most dire moment, either in the aircraft or, or in preparation or in testing? Do you, Do you have a, that moment that just comes to your mind that are like I remember, I know that moment.
1: I was in oh yeah, I was in an aircraft accident, uh, and. In near Christmas in 1983, wow, uh, uh, December 23rd, where we crashed. Uh, instructor in the front, me in the back. I was I was in fighter lead-in, so that for the non-pilots, I had my pilot's wings. I was almost finished my course of learning how to fly the F-5 fighter before I went to learn on F-18s, and we were heading to uh, the East Coast, Springfield, Massachusetts, Westover Air Force Base, landing after a snowstorm, and the. Instructor in the front misjudged the depth of the snow. We crashed in a snowbank and disintegrated an airplane. Um, he was maimed, legs crushed, uh, eventually got back to flying. I was unhurt. It's a great beer story. It's a two beer story, just so you yeah. know, we don't, have, yeah. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Yeah. Uh, but we crashed an airplane, rode it off, and uh, leading into Christmas. Um, now it's Christmas time. I went to, here's the anecdote, I went to church the next day and my father told everyone he'd never heard anyone sing so loud in Christmas, at, at Christmas <laughs> carols in church in his whole life. I was so happy to be. alive. Uh, I a week later, I was going from that part of the country back out west to where I was uh, based and a pilot friend of mine who was on the accident board picked me up at in Ottawa, in Canada, in a in an F five fighter, two seat, and I thought I was going to ride in the back seat to work my way back to Alberta in the west of Canada, and he looked at me and went, "Nope, you're going in the front. You're flying," and he put me back on the horse. I had to get back on the horse first time out and go deal with my demons. Yeah, right. We crashed an air a million dollar airplane. We we'd almost killed it, uh, both ourselves. We'd maimed a guy. And he put me back in the cockpit and said, look, you go deal with this. Wow. I can tell you my first landing was a little terrifying in my head. Yeah. But after that, I got past it. So get back on the horse and, and go deal with it. And that was for me, hugely important. The rest of my career, knowing that when something bad happens, you got to go face it right away. you got to go recover and not let that baggage be something you carry with you from then on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, man! That that holy smokes! What a story. You know that I have something. Uh, we, we didn't uh, crash. <laughs> we didn't have an aircraft mishap, but there was a. Um, you recall the T six was having OBOGs issues, um, with a, with a breathing system, the onboard uh, oxygen system, and I was one of the one of the pilots that had one of the unexplained uh, physiological incidents. And I remember, after that, it wasn't until I got back on the ground. That I started actually going through the sequence of events and realizing how dire it was. um, It was only afterwards. And I I wasn't, you know, people are asking because I remember we were in the final turn and I I didn't remember, I didn't, because of what was going on, nothing made sense. I saw the numbers, but I didn't understand what the numbers meant. Uh, And in my mind, I thought it's time to get out, time to punch out. And going through the final turn, I reached for the ejection handle and something, going back to the training piece that we were talking about, going, something looked right about the runway. Something looked okay that it sparked in my mind. I was like, no, we're okay. We're okay. But it wasn't until after the all was all said and done, we ended up landing. It wasn't until afterwards that the fear actually started creeping in. This is after. This is 12 hours after they'd done the blood test and all of that and, and cleared me off. But it was that mental process of having to go back into it. And man, what how real that was because I do remember... Um, you know, being being up on the board and and getting ready to step to fly, and it was when we went to the step desk. Was the first time I had this kind of like crushing oppression on my chest. I was like, oh, I am not sure I am going to be able to breathe right now. <laughs> like uh, we're going back out to another student sort, you know, fly a student sortie. And It was just it was a moment where no kidding, you had to have that kind of come to Jesus moment and say, No, I am not going to allow the fear of what did happen dictate what's going to happen. I am experienced, uh, handled it the best we could. We're not going to walk in fear. I'm not going to allow that to prevent. But that's not just flying. I mean, that's anything in life. Because for every story you have just like that, that you described, I'm sure there's a moment in your personal life, whether it was in, in your relationships uh, with family, um, in business, that there's moments where it's like the past and what happened yesterday could totally dictate. And that's really been a theme through this conversation overall is getting back on the saddle and allowing yourself to be able to walk boldly into the next challenge you have uh, and and the next challenge that sets before you. And there's a lot of people who are listeners right now, frankly, a lot of people listen because they need that encouragement. Uh, You know, we talk about building a legacy in your life. Uh, Every challenge, you know, you've done enough and you've done uh, walked through enough challenges in one year that most people walk through in their entire life. (laughs) Honestly, when you look at, at what you have done, so, what would be your greatest piece of advice for any listener who's looking at the challenges or the big goals? You know, because we both started off in our life saying, "I want to be a pilot," you know, "I want to be a fighter pilot." I, this is what I want to do. Um, but it's not like we just walked out the door and walked in and hopped on the jet. It took a process of getting us there. So, what advice would you give to people who have this goal that they want to go to, and 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 they have these visions of what they would love to accomplish?
1: Well, I, I'm gonna. Come to a theme that I love to talk about, which is dream big. Yeah. Don't give up on those dreams. And, love it. And why do I say that? Look, where I where I finished in life, there was no path for a kid who grew up in small communities in the north of Canada ever to get to be an F-35 test pilot working for a big company like that. Yeah. There was no path ever, right? Like I came from a world that just didn't link it. But I, 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 I dreamt of that. I, yeah. I chased those dreams. I never gave up on those dreams. That persistence, really, really matters. No one has a, no one has, a cornerstone, cornerstone. No one has a grip, a death grip on what you can do in your life. If you want to do something, it's more than just um, fantasizing about it. You have to put some effort into it. You have to put some focus into it. Yeah. But no one gets to steal from you. You get yeah. to do those things. And that applies to every part of life uh, that, that applies, whether you want to be a musician, you want to be a vet, you, uh, you you want to own your own story, you want to be a painter. All of that applies. You have to dream big. People don't get to steal those from you. Yeah. Look, in, in aerospace right now, it's almost it's a little more than how things were 100 years ago after the Wright brothers had started flying and it opened up to civilians flying in airplanes. We're at the cusp. Of civilians going to space, yeah. <laughs> and and if you're a, if you're young now. If you're 15 years old in you uni- in, in in high school and you're not paying attention because you're doing video games. If you're in university and not sure where your life ought to go, I can't imagine not appreciating that if you paid attention, if you worked a little harder, if you focused yeah. on that, you could go to space. Yeah. How like, how great is that? Yeah. It's all about dreaming big. So let's come back to one one more theme. It is it, sort of a theme that. Uh, It comes out of every fighter pilot knows, but it really applies in the dire situations of life. You train like you fight, fight like you train. Yeah. And what does that mean? Well, it means you have to plan and prepare and train in everything you do in life as if it's the real deal. Yeah. Because when the real deal happens, there's no bluffing. There's no bragging. There's no looking cool at the bar and thinking that you really know who you are. Um, For me, combat separated the true men, the true fighter pilots, the Mm -hmm. true tough characters from the bar flies who looked cool and couldn't handle it when the pressure was on. And that also applies in life. Yeah, it really applies in how we conduct ourselves. Every job out there, you can only bluff your way a little bit through life, but at some point it's all going to come to some crucial point where you really need to deliver. And yeah. that fighter pilot saying really, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I think
0: there's a lot of people that find themselves on Honestly, there's been a couple of times where I've looked at what I've wanted to do and what I've where I have wanted to go only to realize, you know, train like you fight and fight like you train, but the, there was not enough training. Like I went of where I wanted to go. There was not enough focus you know, you say, I'd love to be able to get here. But a lot of times we don't even actually realize or understand the amount of focus it's going to take and preparation it's going to take to do it. And if it's anything worth doing, uh, it's worth working hard for and focusing. And there's going to be a lot of sacrifice along the way to be able to do that and to be able to get there. And I found myself, honestly, (laughs) Billy, it was about two years ago, where I was looking at what I was doing, because I've been in the Air Force for 12 years. And I looked at, I've always been a visionary. I've always been a, a big dreamer like yourself. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. Um, and I found myself saying, man, I, I, I'd I, stopped dreaming because I had focused so much on where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And then once you get to the place where you are accomplishing what you've set yourself out to, I realized I've accomplished everything I've put on my list. Why did I stop dreaming? Why did I stop thinking about that next step? And for me personally, that's really that's really what launched this podcast and, and really the winning network of what we do now is is I had this kind of heartbreaking moment in my life where I was like I stopped dreaming. Why did I stop dreaming? I don't know where I, where I'm going or what I'm doing. And it's so so uh, interesting and it's been so awesome seeing you uh, and just the video that they had the video tribute they they put together for you as you got out of uh, the test pilot um, program of the F thirty five. It was so amazing. Did you find yourself like, what's next for you? You know, you look at this and you said, this is like graduation, but you look at where you're at now and you're not done. I mean, this is just the beginning of the next phase of your life. But what what are you doing? Are you taking some time off? Are you thinking about, hey, what's my next big dream of what I want to do? And how do you make that transition from going out on top of one career and stepping into the next life and the next phase of your life?
1: Well, so I'm doing two things, right? I'm taking time off and I'm moving into that transition. I, I lived for 40 years a kinetic lifestyle. Yeah. Where every day was every day was on the edge, every day was a performance and and you learn I learned life lessons that apply to every walk of life from staying alive yeah. and living high-pressure world a, a, for for that long. So you can kind of bluff for a couple of years, maybe as a fighter pilot, if you're not disciplined and you can kind of get through it, maybe even as a test pilot, you can kind of start down that track, but you're not going to live for 40 years unless you did some things right. And that kinetic lifestyle, I think it's time to go turn those lessons like you're doing and go teach them and speak to people and explain how in their walks of life, these lessons will really apply. Yeah, the lesson that we we've talked about all throughout our conversations. Yeah, that and to, for men and women out there, and it's there. There are things like dream big. No one has control of what your mind wants to set itself off to do and what you can accomplish right? Everybody has a story that says they had to work hard, they had to persevere, they had to overcome challenges to get to the success. We always assume that every athlete, that every personality out there magically got there, when in real, in real life, they had to work super hard, and yeah. they had to sacrifice a lot. It yeah. is certainly in pilot training, and uh, through the steps of being an aviator, you got to give up a lot. You're not going partying, you're not spending time on video. <laughs> It's going to hurt to study, work hard, to get a chance to get those coveted slots. Yeah. Also applies throughout the rest of our lives. So those life stories, I think it's time for me to go relate those. And I, I know I'm going to enjoy that. I know I'm going to enjoy writing a book, talking about that, speaking publicly about it and motivating and mentoring people that benefit, well, would benefit like I did from the mentors who helped me along. Yeah. Pushed me to the edge. There's no, nobody that owns the imagination for any man or woman, any boy or girl out there now. And to help someone over the hump, to help give them some ideas of what they can do to succeed. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's funny, that last flight that you talked about was great. My wife was there to witness it. It was really emotional uh, to walk to a jet. I've been so blessed, so lucky for so long. Uh, and I love the F-35. I loved everything that we've done in that program. From I love talking about, you know, I did the first series of air shows and how much fun that was. All of that experience was magical. But to share it with everyone yeah, was really a perfect ending to just a very fortunate career that I've had and a great chance to thank everyone who's enabled me all these years. Um, and yeah, great way to go out. Wow.
0: So I I think you even got to my last question, the most memorable moment, um, that you've had when you look back, not to, not to project that upon you, but you could tell just from watching the video and, and Nick will make sure that we put a link to the video there because it was in watching it. honestly, when I saw the video, I was like, I've got to talk to this guy. I've got to talk to this guy because it was... You're right, man. You can tell in the video uh, the heart and the blood and sweat and tears that you've poured into and what it meant not just for you, but also so many people on the team, uh, uh, the accomplishment of what that of what that was. Uh, and hearing you talk about encouraging people to dream big and take that next step. I mean, you. Um, that's why I love talking to people, infectious people like you, that when you start talking about what you're passionate about, when you start talking about what drives you, it does... It's just, it's electric. It, it, that's the only way I can describe it. it. It encourages you. It drives you forward to say, you know what? Yes, I can do this. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing, not only hearing the book uh, and and reading the book that you're going to write, I'm sure. Are you already in the process of it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, slower than some people would like, but yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, we cannot, cannot wait to hear it. We can't wait to have you back again. Thank you so incredibly much because like I said, two episodes is not enough. I've got more questions for days. To think about but we're gonna have to have you back for sure um uh, to talk more about your experience and lessons learned uh, but billy thank you so incredibly much thank you for sharing with the audience here at the legacy podcast and the winning network um, because that's uh, what you described right there at the end that really summarizes it helping people to realize that they can dream big i didn't realize until you described it that you came from a small town where most of the time there's no avenue i also grew up as a farmer's kid in central kansas And there's not a lot of people who leave that place. And I'll be honest, I don't know if you had these same words spoken to you, but when I told people that I wanted to be uh, a pilot and fly in the Air Force, um, they just kind of look at you funny and say, sure. Okay, yeah, whatever. Uh, And and one of those moments, like I described before, before where even my guidance counselor, when I told him in freshman high school, is like, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. With how you are right now, there's no chance. You've got to change everything about yourself. Your work ethic how, how uh, what you're focusing on what you're doing you got to change it all if you want any chance at it And I'll never forget you know when you're talking about those hard-earned nights of and those hard-earned mornings of waking up I never forget the times even in high school looking back where you get you get in late from a football game um, and you go and, and you know everybody else would go out and party and, and celebrate but it was going back and working on homework and making sure that you understood it because that's really what the goal was. For every one of the stories there's five more like it. Billy, in the future, we can't wait to hear even more of those stories. How, how, what, What's a good way for people to be able to connect and follow with you of what you're doing? I know you have a LinkedIn profile, which we'll make sure we get linked in the show notes. Um, social media, do you have a website? Do you have any good way for people to follow you yet?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Billy Flynn. Billy okay. with an IE at Billy Flynn. Okay. I'm on Instagram, the same. Billy underscore Flynn. You'll see me on LinkedIn and you'll see me more on the web pretty soon.
0: Okay. Awesome. Billy, thank you so incredibly much for such a great experience. Guys, thank you so much for listening right here on the Legacy Podcast on The Winning Network. As we encourage you, as Billy just encouraged you, as we have the opportunity to share with you each and every week, to crush your goals, ignite your dreams, and forge a legacy in your life. And as Billy spoke to us so eloquently over these last couple of weeks, to dream big. Listen, it's gonna take persistence, it's gonna take perseverance, but you can do it regardless of what the situation is. Don't allow the baggage from yesterday to jump into the cockpit with you today, because listen, there's only room for one pro- one person, and that's the person that is motivated today with an expectation and a focus on what you need to focus on today. Billy, thank you so much again. Guys, thank you so much for joining us here. And Billy, we will catch up with you next time as we invite you back once again right here to the Legacy Podcast. Thanks so much.